When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. December 13th, 2020, coming up on the program today. A gossip blogger breaks down in tears because he was banned from TikTok. Plus, Santa's spreading COVID to nursing homes this year. And maybe it's time to rename places like Dirty Negro Hill and Negro Bottom Drive. <laughs> I'm a sucker for other people's pain. We have to enter the mad dog equation. That's my man juice. Uh, yes. The vagina is full of AIDS. I'm retarded. It's the Distorted View Show with Tim Henson. All right. Hey, Freaks, Tim Henson back here with you doing a weekend podcast. It's a makeup show because I missed Thursday's episode. I spent a good part of yesterday doing like my Christmas shopping, which I guess I'm really late. I thought I was doing it early this year, like 12 or 13 days before Christmas. I have to have everything shipped over. I guess it is kind of late. Oh, boy, did I learn that quickly yesterday. You know what else I learned? I'm extremely old, apparently. Nothing makes you feel older than having teenage girls in your life. I have twin teenage nieces. They're like 13 or 19 or something. And the shit they're asking for, I'm completely clueless as to who and what this shit is. Do you know who the Aubreys are? Do you know who Brooke Bush is? How about Charlie D'Amelio? For the most part, as I learned after doing some research, they're nobodies. They're like C and D list YouTubers. One of my nieces is desperately in love with Finn Wolfhard. Wolf Wolfhard. He's the kid that plays Mike Wheeler on Stranger Things. One of the kids. And I, I don't know what my niece sees. She is in love with this freaky looking thing. He's not attractive in the conventional or unconventional sense, but you know, 
Apparently to a, you know, a 15 or 16-year-old girl, he's a, a heartthrob. He fancies himself a musician, and he has a band called the Aubreys. Let me play you just a little bit. Like, this is a, a kid that has never been told that he can't do something or he shouldn't do something. Like, he's an okay guitarist and less of an okay singer, but, you know, it's still all right. They're kind of at the level of a high school rock band that practices in mom's basement. They might be finalists in a Battle of the Bands in Oshkosh, Wisconsin or something. But good God, you would not give this kid a record contract. The only reason why he has one is because he's the kid from Stranger Things, right? Here's a little bit of his music. Sounds like Courtney Love from Hole. Oh, here we go. Here we go now. Now it's just like whiny teenage kid rock. Anyway, I'm allowed to make fun of them because I am supporting this band by purchasing a fucking fifty dollar winter beanie cap with with the Aubrey's emblazoned on it. Like the hat was only $30. How much am I selling the hats for in the Distorted View store? I think everything is um, underpriced there because after having to buy some merchandise from YouTube stars, I'm realizing how marked up uh, clothing really is. You know, in the DV store, a DV logo knit beanie is only $18. I could be charging 12 more because the Aubrey's hat was 30 and then I had to pay $20 for expedited shipping so it gets here in time for Christmas. I guess that's on me, though, because I waited so long. Who who would have thought they could fucking ship a hat in two weeks? Too much to ask, though. Apparently, a lot of people ordering Aubrey's merchandise. My other niece wanted something from the Bushwhacked store. All I got was a link to this store. It says at the top, Bushwhacked, and then it said something about shrubs in the URL. And it's all just general merchandise with some words on it. Like one t-shirt just says, anyway, and they charge $30 for that. Just a shirt that says, anyway. I figure that this also had to have been a YouTuber, but there's no links back to the bitch's content. Like where, who are, who is this? Who's selling this shirt? I have no idea. Like I said, all I was given was the store URL. I did some research. It took me about 15 minutes to find the YouTuber who is running this store. Her name is Brooke Bush. She has about 500,000 subscribers and it's just one of these vloggers who are like hey guys, this is my crazy life. She just sort of films herself going shopping, trying on clothing. You know, she uh, video records her family. It's the most fucking homoerotic shit I've ever seen. I know exactly why girls, like teenage girls, watch this. It's not for Brooke Bush. It's for, like, all of her male friends. The first video I saw was three shirtless dudes wrestling. You know, in that playful gay way. But, like, they're straight, you know? And so they're all, like, laughing and one one guy has another one in a headlock and a third guy comes in and then uh, his head gets stuck between the legs of another guy and I immediately came. After I, after I wiped up, I continue watching these things. There's one video where Brooke is just filming her brother playing basketball by himself. You know, he's just, you know, shooting hoops, but, but he's shirtless. 
and he's like bending over and he's not wearing underwear. He's just wearing those like shorts or that go right up the ass crack. Then the next scene is of Brooke in her car. She's driving uh, her brother somewhere. He is sitting in the passenger side, but he's sitting on his knees. So he's on his knees, bent over, again, just showing off that ass of his. And it's like, what is this? What are what am I watching? Also on his Instagram. Yeah, yeah. I looked him up on Instagram. On his Instagram account. How could I not? Right. Uh, like the, his, in his bio, it's like some Bible quote. And he's talking about how he's a Christian all the time in his stupid videos. It's all very confusing. Anyway, thank you to my nieces for cluing me in on this uh, YouTube channel. I have subscribed, of course. Um, let's move on. I've got some audio I want to share with you. Do you guys remember who Perez Hilton is slash was? In the 2000s, he had a very popular gossip website. If you wanted the dirt on, like, Britney Spears or Gwyneth Paltrow, oh, you'd go to PerezHilton.com. He used to do this thing where he would, like, take photos of celebrities and then draw jizz coming out of their mouth. So I had a little respect for him. He kind of sold out, though. He's definitely more sanitized now. He's still around, but I don't think... He has a a huge following anymore. Uh, He was on TikTok, though. And the only reason I know this is because he recently posted a video on YouTube crying because he got banned from TikTok. Why? Let's find out together. Hey, everybody. It is Perez. And um, some of you may have heard that I have been permanently banned from TikTok. (laughs) I want to give you guys some updates on that and share some more information. First, the reason that TikTok gave me for permanently banning my account without any warning is multiple community guidelines violations. Oh yeah, I've been there too. If you guys don't know how TikTok works, it's run by bots, artificial intelligence. Did you draw jizz coming out of a computer's mouth? Did you anger the AI? And I get my videos reported, targeted attacks against me by people who don't like me all the time. This is an organized attack on me, Perez Hilton, by my haters and or AI. Users of TikTok and who's ever running TikTok are against me. But today, I created a backup TikTok account. And TikTok just deleted my backup account. I am feeling numb. (laughs) Empty. Lost. Scared. And I don't want to seem overly dramatic, but I feel like my world is crumbling. This feels like a death to me. I'm so glad he didn't go the dramatic route. This guy is like 40 years old. He has children. He has kids. You know, he adopted him because he's a big fruitcake. But still, he, you know, take care of your kids. Don't cry on webcam over the fact that you lost your TikTok account. And I want to reveal that in a Hail Mary pass, hoping for a Christmas miracle. Oh, I hope the TikTok gods hear this. I have reached out to Charlie D'Amelio. And her- Charlie D'Amelio, that's... um. One of the uh, one of the stupid YouTubers that my nieces wanted stuff from. It's another one I was having trouble finding. My niece wanted um, a Charlie D'Amelio 
shirt that that looks like a Dunkin' Donuts logo. Apparently, that's Charlie's thing. She loves her Dunkin' coffee. Oh, these people on YouTube are so interesting. Her family. I messaged them on... What the fuck do they have to do with TikTok? Do they run it or something? Did Charlie D'Amelio's family purchase TikTok? Instagram. Begging them for help. <laughs> if anybody could help me right now, it is Charlie D'Amelio's family. And with all of the humility in the world. Tears are rolling down his face. I grovel to them and I pray that they could find kindness in their heart to please help me. I don't even know if they've seen, they may not even check their message from me. Charlie is the most followed person on TikTok. Oh, okay. So she might have some pull there. And I think the reason that I have been permanently banned without any warning is because I have been talking about a lot of creators on TikTok. Oh, you've been stirring shit up. Because those videos do well. But I have not done anything that's harassing or bullying. And TikTok is claiming that I am. <laughs> 40-year-old man bullying like a little teenage girl on TikTok just because she's popular. Wait a second. That's what I do on this podcast. Never mind. I take back everything negative I said about Perez Hilton. He's a good man. Well, not a man, but you know. I I have a really short clip here of... um. You remember Mr. McFeely from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood? Mr. Mr. McFeely was the um post office man. Speedy delivery. You know that guy? Oh, kids love Mr. McFeely. I mean, not as much as Mr. Rogers, but Mr. Rogers is dead. So, you know, we settle for what we can get. And what we can get is Mr. McFeely making appearances. Mr. McFeely spoke to a bunch of kids and uh, he brought a special guest, the Purple Panda. And to be honest, I don't remember the Purple Panda being on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. It was just a guy in a panda outfit that was purple. So here is Mr. McFeely introducing the Purple Panda. Purple Panda! And by the way, the kids can't wait to see the Purple Panda. But, you know, the thing about kids is they're idiots. They don't know what they want. They say they're excited to see the Purple Panda. But then when the Purple Panda presents itself, the children might just change their tune. Here comes the purple panda, kids! Well, there he is. Look, here's a panda. Hello, purple panda. <laughs> just stay right here. Oh. Oh. Every single child is freaking the fuck out right now. And it's not because it's a giant panda, because the panda is standing right next to Mr. McFeely. And Mr. McFeely is taller than the panda, but still, it's kind of creepy. And I think it's specifically in the face of the panda. The panda's head is light purple, but like its mouth is dark purple and its eyes are dark purple. If you're following along in a podcast app, check out the chapter artwork to see what I mean. Oh, 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 oh. He's just for Mr. McFeely has lost control of the crowd. He's like, wait, 
Wait, he's just pretending. No, that that doesn't work. Wait, the way He's just someone pretending to be a panda. This is all a charade, you know, like Santa Claus. <laughs> Kids are traumatized. Mr. McFeely ruined their childhood. Speaking of adult idiots in animal costumes, I would like to introduce you to a human pup. <laughs> this guy is in a rubber Dalmatian outfit, and this is how he chooses to live his life. 32-year-old Tom works as a sound and lighting technician for a local theatre. But after a long day at the office, this is where he likes to sleep. It's a dog cage. A crate, really. I can actually fit in quite successfully. And to be honest with you, from there on in, uncomfortable. It doesn't look very comfortable. It's bizarre. It doesn't look comfortable. Um, but then, I mean, you can then shuff- you can shuffle around. You can make yourself a different shape and then curl up differently, swap the corners, go to the opposite side. Yeah. It's a dream. He has locked himself in the cage. It looks bijou, but actually there's a lot more space in here than you really think. For the past 10 years, Tom has spent every spare moment becoming a dog. This guy actually exhibits some antisocial behavior. Like, for instance, he works in a theater, but he's behind the scenes. He works in the dark, you know, like during performances, so no one has to see him. If I mean, he doesn't like he doesn't like being seen in his human form. A dog. If I'm in there for a long, long, long time, um, if facilities needed. Oh, he's still in the cage, by the way, and he's about to reveal how he uh, pisses in the middle of the night in his cage. Facilities needed. Puppy training pads. What? Normal. It's a puppy training pad. Puppy training pads. Um, they're there for small puppy spills normally, um, but they're quite absorbent. And it, it just means that if I do get sort of suddenly caught out, I've got the chance to relieve and relax. Here's the thing. He takes up the entire cage. You know what I mean? He's jammed in this cage. So if he does piss on the puppy pad at night, he's going to be sleeping in his own urine. And somehow I think he's okay with that. And like, that's part of it for him. Tom spent more than £4,000 on specially made gear to transform into his alter ego, Spot. He has to cover himself in like baby powder to get his rubber suit on. You can sort of hear him, like, uh, trying to get it on here. Takes a lot of effort to get the costume on. Because it's custom-made, custom-sized. It's that much more awkward to get into. Uh, need a fair bit of talc. Most rubber pups in the sort of community do actually need a hand to get in. They can't do it on their own. So he has his crated home where he can sleep. But if he wants to get into his puppy suit, he leaves his puppy suit over his friend's house, who's, uh, you know, obviously a woman. I say obviously because it's always a woman who's befriending these people. Like, gays have their fag hags. Rubber pups have their bitch sisters. What I don't know what they call them. What is it about women? They just so want to befriend guys. And I think they would, they would be happy with just having straight, normal guys as friends. But straight, normal guys always end up wanting to fuck. This is a way females can have male friends and they don't have to worry about uh, getting hit on. So, yeah. Yeah, I can totally just keep all your rubber pup gear, leashes, milk bones, 
and chew toys in my spare room. That's no problem. In the sort of community, do actually need a hand to get in. They can't do it on their own. Yeah, so he... Tom keeps his puppy gear at his friend Rachel's house. And one of the the big reason, of course, is he needs help getting in the suit. Right, do turn around and do it? Um, whichever's up to you. I'll go that way. There's just, you know, like a few minutes of footage of them struggling to get this outfit on. And then he's uh, left alone in the room to play with his chew toys. His squeakers. I'm a Dalmatian. They want to be on the go all the time. They're an active animal. Do theatre work, so I sort of hide in the dark, um, do the sound and the lights and that kind of thing. I don't want to be seen at work. Um, I don't want to be seen in the public eye. It's hard to take any human seriously when he's chewing on squeaky toys. I wonder if his female friend regrets letting him keep all this shit over her house. Since the pandemic, I've been working from home and um, the squeaking noises really are driving me fucking insane. I'm about to go old yeller on my friend and just shoot him in the back of the head. I'll just tell the cops he was rabid. Who are they going to believe? A normal human being like me or a man covered from head to toe in baby powder and a form-fitting rubber dog suit? I think I'll be okay. All right, and with that, let's get into the crazy, bizarre, twisted, up, fucked up news right now. Hey, if you're not a member of the Distorted View Sideshow, what are you waiting for? Help support this stupidity. We've got some holiday deals going on right now. How does $6 for a monthly membership or $60 for a yearly sound? Yes, treat yourself to a nice Christmas present. You deserve it. When you sign up, you get full access to the entire archive of programs. More importantly, every week we do exclusive shows. This past week on Friday, I did an exclusive podcast and on Tuesday as well. Check out all the fun stuff you've been missing. Superfreaksideshow.com. All major credit cards and PayPal accepted. Also, don't forget uh, other ways to support the show. We've got a Patreon account patreon.com slash distorted view you can pledge as little as a dollar that way and uh we've got a store chock full of dv merchandise a bunch of new stuff for 2020 as well store.distortedview.com all right three very quick stories now first up a super spreader santa has been blamed for a large outbreak of the coronavirus at a nursing home christmas wishes do come true This is everything I could have ever wanted. Authorities in Antwerp are investigating after scores of residents at the Hemeljik residential home tested positive for COVID-19 following a Christmas visit from a man dressed as St. Nick. It was the Grim Reaper in disguise. Crafty. Well, Santa later fell ill and tested positive for the coronavirus, causing authorities to begin testing residents in the home. Initial reports suggest 45 residents tested positive, although Flemish broadcaster VRT is reporting this number has now hit 75, including 14 staff members. The mayor of the town of Mole, Wim Kyers, said the visit was made with the best intent, but it went wrong. He then added, it's been a very black day for the care home. I was looking for a a depressing Christmas song to play during this news story. Nothing I found really fits, but uh, it was interesting. I found a depressing John Denver song. 
I'm surprised we never featured this on DV. It is, uh, it's very red sovine in uh, its message. Please, Daddy, don't get drunk this Christmas. That's all you really need to hear. That gives you a good overview of what the song's about. All right, uh, the mayor went on to say it is a very great mental strain to bear for the man that played St. Nick, as well as for the organizers and the staff, knowing that you made so many other people sick and some will probably die. He said it will be all hands on deck. The hulls. No, he didn't make a pun like that. He said it will be all hands on deck to bring the virus under control and that the council workers, the Red Cross, and the governor of Antwerp province have been drafted in to help. Care home staff hoped the visit would boost morale among residents, and the Santa reportedly did not feel unwell before the visit. Those who fell ill are only suffering mild to moderate symptoms. In a press statement given to local media, the municipal authorities and moles said Father Christmas visited various communal areas such as the sitting room. You know, the big rooms that could pack in the most people. The mayor added initially the care home said the rules had been followed, but then straight away you receive photos from families of residents where you can see that this was not the case. Yeah, apparently residents were not wearing masks. Giannis Verhanian, a spokesperson for Armonia, the firm which runs the home, uh, told the Brussels Times... The team is very shocked by what happened, but that also makes them very motivated to get the virus out again. Well, you should be motivated to get it out. You're the ones that brought it back in. Letting stinky old alcoholic mall Santas into your retirement villages. All right, uh, second story we have for you today. Why do so many places in Texas have the word Negro in their name? I can't believe this is a question that needs an answer. Kind of just thought, It's Texas would suffice. In 1991, Texas passed a law to remove the word Negro from its place names. Guess what? Negroes still exist. Please don't isolate that audio. You know what I mean. The word Negro in, you know, places in Texas still exist. Today, over two dozen geographic places in the state, like Creeks, Valley, you know, like Dead Negro Creek, Mouthy Negro Valley. Places like that. So, like, cities, you're not going to find, like, Negro Texas, maybe, possibly, on a map. But you will find, you know, within the city, certain things named Negro. That's because the federal government blocked the name changes. That's why you still see Negro Creeks and Valleys. Uh, In almost 30 years, only one of the places mentioned in the bill has been renamed. And the most vocal advocates of the law weren't aware the changes had never been made until NPR did an uh, an investigation. Rodney Ellis, a Harris County commissioner and the bill's sponsor back in 1991, said it's time to make sure these places' names are changed for good. After the George Floyd incident in particular, (laughs) no one thought to look into this until the George Floyd incident, apparently, in 2020. Yeah. Uh, After the George Floyd incident in particular, we're in an era of racial reckoning. We're looking at a lot of wrongs that we just ignored and oftentimes uh, perpetuated for decades, for centuries, Ellis said, referring to the death of black man at the hands of police in May that tipped off nationwide protests. We're really trying to see what we can do to be more inclusive. That's why from now on, Dead Negro Creek will be officially now known as Dead Person of Color Creek. Finally, justice has been served. 
treat everyone with respect. All right, we're really trying to see what we can do to be more inclusive and make everybody feel a part of the fabric of America. And that's why it's important to get rid of those old racially offensive terms. Scattered across the state, there are places named Negro Bend, Negro Hollow, and Negro Head Bluff. I like that one. They should keep that one. But just that one, Negro Head Bluff. All right. The 1991 bill sought to ban the word from all Texas geographic features, listing 19 examples. The places were to be renamed after African-Americans who made significant contributions to the state. The federal board in charge, though, said no, not a good idea. We like Negro. We want Negro to stay around. It turns out that states do not have the authority to officially rename their geographic features. What about states' rights and all that jazz? The authority lies with the U.S. Board of Geographic Names, which is part of the Department of Interior. The state submitted proposals for each of the places it identified, but the proposals were rejected because they didn't have a historical connection to the geography they would name. Oh, I see. So, like, the black person was important to uh, Texas history, but not that particular creek or hollow. It doesn't make sense to rename this place LeBron James Hollow. He's not from around these parts, you see. Also, he's not from Texas. But um, honestly, I can't name one black person from Texas. I can't really name any black people aside from LeBron James. Morgan Freeman. Maybe he's from Texas. Well, one by one, each proposal was dismissed and the board didn't revisit them. Eh, It's too much trouble. Uh, It doesn't seek out names to change. It simply reacts to the proposals. That isn't acceptable, said Texas NAACP President Gary Bledsoe, one of the most vocal and active supporters of the legislation before it was passed. Negro is still offensive. It's outrageous. Offensive names have no place in the public domain. I like how this guy is like, yeah, Negro is offensive, but his organization literally has the word colored people in its acronym. Please support the United Negro College Fund. And there's the Negro College Fund. Drunken Negro Face Cookies. And who could forget the delicious Drunken Negro Face Cookies? Black Nut Juice is good, but I got to say Negro Nut Cream, way better. And Negro Nut Cream. I didn't come up with any of those, by the way. I was just repeating them. Uh, the Texas double N, a uh, double N, <laughs> NAACP president Gary Bledsoe said, uh, Negro is still offensive. It's outrageous. He said many of the places were named haphazardly with racist overtones. Of course, those names don't carry historic value either. Bledsoe, who spent years advocating against these place names, did not know the changes were never made. Well, now that this has been brought to everyone's attention, stuff is starting to happen. Quote, we are writing to express our serious concern with the numerous racially offensive names of creeks, rivers, cliffs, and other geographic features in Texas. That's what Representative Ron Reynolds said in a November 16th letter to the Texas Department of Transportation and the Texas Geographic Naming Committee. The letter went on to say, given the current moment in our history and our collective efforts to reconcile a racist past... Now is the time to change these names. The thing is, like the Texas Department of Transportation can't do anything about this, nor can the Texas Geographic Naming Committee. This is like a federal thing. And the federal government doesn't really seem uh, to be in a rush to do anything about this. Uh, Actually, across the United States, there's at least 600 geographic features with Negro in the name, according to a search on uh, the U.S. Geological Survey's website. The article does state here, uh, it's worth noting that Negro is the Spanish word for the color black. 
and some of the geographic features do not appear to have a racial meaning. Still, this is fucking America. Let's just avoid using the word Negro to name shit. There are at least 800 places with the term squaw. That's offensive to Native Americans. There is precedent for widespread name changes in the U.S. The board changed all the mentions of the N-word in geographic places to Negro. They thought they were doing a good thing here. Yeah, we're really progressive. We're going to get rid of the word nigger in all geographic locations, and we'll replace it with the word that black people like to be called Negro. This was in 1963. There were also a bunch of Jap geographic locations, which was offensive towards the Japanese people. I don't know why towns thought it was important to name their river, like Dead Jap River. But uh, that was a thing for a while. They got rid of uh, the racial slur Jap in 1974. That guy, Rodney Ellis, the county commissioner and the bill's sponsor, said to change the name would mean we're moving away from those racially offensive terms uh, that were a throwback to our dark, prejudiced, racist pasts. We should really just be focusing on our dark, prejudiced, racist present. Final story we have for you today, yet another reason not to have kids. Six-year-old George Johnson secretly racked up more than $16,000 in Apple App Store charges for his favorite video game, Sonic Forces, leaving his mom in shock and in bankruptcy. While working from home during the pandemic, Wilton, Connecticut real estate broker Jessica Johnson, 41, didn't realize the younger of her two sons had gone on a bit of a shopping spree on her iPad. Over the month of July, George bought add-on boosters, starting with a $1.99 red ring boost and moving up to the $99 gold rings. That allowed him to access new characters and more speed spending hundreds of dollars at a time. On July 9th, the day when Jessica was working in the next room, there were over 25 charges, totaling $2,500. It's like my six-year-old was doing lines of cocaine and doing bigger and bigger hits. It's weird that she went right to the cocaine thing when talking about her six-year-old. She could have used a different example. It's like, he's a gambling addict. Like, he, you know, he went to Vegas and he's blowing all his money. Keeps... Keep saying that the next one's going to hit big or whatever. Uh, yes. So it's like my six-year-old was doing lines of cocaine <laughs> when Jessica discovered Apple and PayPal were withdrawing hefty sums. $562 here, $601 there from her Chase bank account. She assumed it was a mistake or fraud and called the bank, confused by the unitemized charges. The way the charges get bundled made it almost impossible to figure out what they were. Specifically, that they were all from a game. Still clueless that it was George's doing, Jessica filed a fraud claim in July when her bill reached $16,293. It wasn't until October that she was told by Chase that the charges were indeed hers and she needed to contact Apple. She says, Apple basically said tough. They said that because I didn't call within 60 days of the charges, they can't do anything. The reason I didn't call within 60 days is because Chase told me it was likely fraud. The PayPal and Apple.com are top fraud, uh, fraud charges. Jessica got no sympathy from the customer service rep, even after confessing that she wouldn't be able to pay her family's mortgage. There's like, there's a setting you should have known, which is true. Who, who gives their six-year-old kid 
their iPad for hours and hours, like every day, without locking that shit down. At least put a passcode on it or use your touch ID or face ID or whatever. She admitted that she hadn't put uh, preventive set- preventative settings on her account because she didn't know about them. Oh, fuck, whatever. Obviously, if I had known there was a setting for that, I wouldn't have allowed my six-year-old to run up nearly $20,000 in charges for virtual gold rings. These games are designed to be completely predatory and get kids to buy things. What grown-up would spend $100 on a chest of virtual gold coins? Oh, you haven't met many gamers. Go on Twitch. People are spending $20,000 on boxes of Pokemon cards. When Jessica explained to George the totality of what had been done, the kid said, I'll pay you back, Mom. And Jessica was like, "Uh, how? I pay him $4 to clean his room. Assuming he lives to uh, about 700 years old, I might end up recouping that money. All right. Uh, she also said, I don't know about Christmas, George. You're, you're getting nothing. You know what you got for Christmas? <laughs> $16,000 worth of Sonic coins or rings. I'm sorry. She believes the blame lies with Apple, though. Of course, her son can do no wrong. My son didn't understand that the money was real. How could he? Uh, maybe because every time he purchased the ring, the in-app pop-up comes up that says, you're buying this. This is going to come out of your account. He plays a cartoon game in a world that he knows is not real, so why would the money be real to him? That would require a big cognitive leap, and my child is an idiot. She's now scrambling to pay off his debt. I didn't get a paycheck from March to September. My income has decreased by 80% this year. I may have to force this kid to pay me back in 15 years when he gets his first job. Her advice to parents? Check your security settings. I'm appalled that this is even possible in these games and that Apple devices are not preset to prevent it. That sucks. That, my friends, is your distorted news for Sunday. Let's do a couple voicemails and get the hell out of here. There are many ways to contact the show. Show at distortedview.com. I'm all over social media at distortedview on Twitter and Instagram, facebook.com slash distortedview show. And uh, don't forget our Discord. That's where all the freaks are hanging out. There's a link on the main navigation bar over there at distortedview.com. Just click on the Discord button or tap on the Discord thing, uh, and uh, that'll be your invite in to the party. Hi, Tim. It's Tom from Tennessee. And in January, I'm going to be turning 60. And for my whole life, for long, as long as I can remember it, I've always heard the commercial as nobody doesn't like Sarah Lee. Well, maybe this is like a, a Laurel Yanni situation. Some people hear nobody doesn't like Sarah Lee, and some people hear it as nobody doesn't like Sarah Lee. Do you guys remember what our, the distorted view version of Yanni and Laurel was? The Some people hear soft rock. Some people hear soft cock. When I first played this, when I was looking for the the sound clip, I heard cock. Now I hear rock. It really is no different than the Yanni Laurel thing from a few years back. Hello, Timothy Hanson. This is Tan Penisco, your monkey over dodge calling. And Timothy, I happen to know for a fact that the initial slogan indeed was, nobody does it like Sarah Lee. Do you know why? Because back in the day, I did it with Sarah Lee. Oh. Do you know what it was? 
orgasmic incontinence. I did the Space Jam so hard, there's chocolate, a baking oven, that it went off like a Boston cream pie getting stepped on by an elephant. It's like the Bellagio Fountains back there. I'm quite the coxswain, <laughs> as your mother knows. Thank you. Wow, Pan Panascore checking in. It's been a while since we've heard from him. Glad to hear he's still listening. Uh, one more call here. Hey, Tim. This is a longtime Sideshow member from like 2006. Maybe it was 2007. I don't remember. I used to be called Fish Hook Episiotomy, but I'm calling to claim oh, yeah. a new uh, handle because I don't think many people know what the hell an episiotomy is. I don't. Uh, but thought you made that word up. <laughs> I thought of this the other day. Uh, Rape Van Winkle. Oh, not bad. <laughs> so I want to be known as Rape Van Winkle from now on. <laughs> All right, that's it. All right. Thank you very much, Rape Van Winkle. Naming a good name. All right, that is all the time we have on this edition of the show. I want you guys to email me. Show at distortedview.com. Distortedview.com is our official website. Voicemail line for you at 206 666 4463. That's 206 And I don't want to seem overly dramatic, but I feel like my world is crumbling. I, this feels like a death to me. <laughs> Read the distortion STD. Tell all your friends about the show. Don't forget to rate us and review us wherever you can criticize podcasts. Hey, I'll be back tomorrow doing a show for everyone to kick off a new week. Be on the lookout for that. Until then, have a great day. Bye, everybody. gourmet treat for your Christmas morning breakfast, butter a ring mold well and break six eggs in the bottom very carefully so that the yolks are not broken. Cover the eggs with two and a half cups of chopped ham and season lightly with salt and pepper. Add eight more eggs to the top and season again. Stand the ring mold in a pan of water and cover the top with foil. Bake at 350 degrees for a half an hour or until the eggs are set. Unmold the ring on a platter and fill the center with grilled or sautéed mushrooms. Now serve with hollandaise sauce. Merry Christmas, everyone. This has been another excellent podcast from the Scrod Media Group. Learn more at scrod.net.